0: 30th episodes, and um, I can't believe it's been already 30 episodes, and it's been coming every other week for a year, for the past year, and um, I'm incredibly proud of of this work, and I really hope that you enjoyed the episodes and that you were able to get some new thoughts, insights, and maybe tools on how to improve your life, your daily life, because that's essentially the whole mission of this podcast to really help you live your best life. And um, I wanted to share that it might be the case that the first season is coming to an end and something more exciting is coming. You know how they say that you have to close one door to open something new. I will keep you posted on the changes in the new year if I decide to do them, but something tells me that it might be the case. Today, I would like to introduce you to my guest, Camila Hara. I found Camila after I got inspired from the episode with Bruce Lipton. That we did recently. And he has talked a lot about energy psychology and how it is helpful in addressing unwanted programming or unwanted beliefs. And I never heard about this modality before so i was curious to see and and find a person who who knows how to do it so i had the session with camila and it was a truly fascinating session because it was a mixture of psychology work body work and spiritual work And um, I felt that she would be an amazing guest uh, for this podcast. Camila has a background in psychology, kinesiology. She is an author. She is a soul embodiment coach, which means that she helps people to align their body, mind, and spirit through different modalities, such as psyche or energy psychology, through channeling. And I think she would, explain better than me what channeling means. So without further ado, let me welcome Camila. Thank you, Natalia. Thank you so much. Hello. As I said before, I worked with you personally and um, it was a really, really interesting session. And to me, it was truly at the intersection of psychology and spirituality and also body work, right? So it's this triangle of body, mind, and spirit, which is particularly interesting to me. So could you explain to us more how do these three components
1: come into your work? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I really can't divide spirituality and psychology fully myself and if mm-hmm. we look at the forefathers of psychology we have Carl Jung who of course worked with the great mm-hmm. mysteries and mysticism and they have named the superconscious or the higher self so to speak or our soul and we know that that's a component of our psychology of our psyche. And yes, we can live in life and sort of go, well, we have these primary emotions and then we have a physical world and whatever else happens behind the curtain, we don't even want to know, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But really, if you're working with um, your own psyche, with your own psychology and you want to move forward, not including your higher abilities, your higher intuition, your insight, the greater picture of the world and why you're here, you're just missing out. Plus, yeah. um, yeah, in my own life, like that's what saved me from being depressed when I was 19, 18. So, and I can mm-hmm. sit, talk more about it, but really it's, it's, it's an integral part of that. And then with the body you know, a lot of the time we sort of think we're very physical beings because we focus on physical things like, you know, we need to put bread on the table, you know, we need to put our kids to school and, you know, all these very much like what we see and what we touch is our reality, but mm-hmm. it's highly conceptualized. It's not really um, that we pay a lot of attention. A lot of the people don't do it, at least. And I was one of these people. To how our physicality, our actual like reality interacts with all of these components. So it's all kind of here, like a big bubble. And whatever's going on in the body, we don't know. And then like somebody has a heart attack, like suddenly, it's like, it's never suddenly stuff was happening for a while. This was building up. You were getting symptoms. Maybe you were, you know, not sleeping at night. Maybe you were working 12 hours, I don't know, 20 hours a day. Who knows what you were doing, but you were ignoring the physicality. You were ignoring the body through which, like, we have so ma- so many sensory abilities. Um, beyond the nerve endings, we have energy um, that energy communication in the body, um, if we look at it from like purely scientific perspective, it's 124 times faster for our cells to receive information through electromagnetic and other energy impulses than through peptides and hormones. And that is happening mm-hmm. all the time. So... There's this rich network, uh, multidimensional network of communication happening. And we're just conceptualizing about whatever it is. But if we actually Mm -hmm. go and feel it, like sense it in the body, we get a lot more clear information about it. It's clearer. It's more precise. There's more data coming in, basically. Mm -hmm. And so we have to include the body in order to be effective in growth, in change in adaptation in thriving and you know relationships whatever it is that we wish to experience more of so that's how the three of them do tie together
0: yeah thank you and as you were telling this story i could totally relate because my own journey into psychology and later spirituality also started with a mental health challenge I had an eating disorder and that brought me more into, uh, understanding my body and understanding psychology. And then later my spiritual quests and which in the end resulted in creating this podcast to, to really help people to not only understand life and psyche from the logical perspective, right? But also from intuitive perspective, from other sources of information that we have that may be may not necessarily fully understand yet it doesn't mean that they are not there right so thank you for sharing mm-hmm. and it's interesting how this podcast essentially in one way or another connected me to you because i have interviewed bruce lipton in one of my recent episodes and he has talked a lot about energy psychology and how it is helpful for, you know, reprogramming your uh, old habits, the programs that were given to you when you were a child. And I never tried this modality and that's how I found you to, to see how it works. So could you explain to us as much as possible how it works actually, because I'm sure that uh, people are
1: interested too. Yeah. So, um, I would love to share even the story of how I came across the modality that Bruce Lipton does talk about, which Mm -hmm. is Psyche. So in my work, um, you know, embodying more and more of who I am, you embody more of the world because your body is very aware of the environment. Mm -hmm. And I was leading clients who, exactly as you said, were having programming from childhood or something they just through osmosis, by observing our parents, we absorb a lot of their attitudes towards the world, towards themselves. And they're often emotional attitudes. They're deeply neurologically uh, embedded attitudes in the brain and the nervous system. And um I tend to work outside of specific modalities through intuition, through body guidance, through higher awareness guidance. And so I was leading these clients to like deprogramming these neurological blocks in their body and changing their energy and I could feel like like I was doing it for many, many years that there's something out there that already exists specifically for that and it's already mm-hmm. working and I'm, you know, basically I don't need to in, invent a bike, you know, there's already bicycle out there. So, when I realized that, when I kind of heard it within myself in meditation, I kind of went, okay, well, show me whatever it is because it feels like it'll be useful for me and it will be mm-hmm. useful for others. And then Psyche got mentioned twice around me where it like it really rang a bell. And I started to research it and I looked and I was like, I think that might be it. And then it got mentioned for the third. time. I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. I get it, the universe, you know. And so mm-hmm. I booked a session for myself and uh, tried out the actual, I was very interested in the techniques because I realized even though uh, when I work with Psyche, for example, I'm really honoring the modality. How uh, Rob Williams, the originator of it, channeled or download or co-created it with the universe so that it's not contaminated by other things. Like we only do that. And, um, at the same time, I know that depending on who you go to, you just get a different flavor of a person, even though we all stay within the standards of psyche and we do it really. Uh, to honor it. And so, um, yeah, I experienced the techniques and i was like, Oh my God, this like just really perfectly work for me and my work. Mm-hmm. And once I've done it, I've done all the modules I could. Um, I kept flying to the UK from Ireland and doing it there, um, as like within one year, all of them as much as possible. And I thought, that's it. I don't even know if I need anything else. But, you know, um, yeah, there are other tools that still come in. Yes, the journey continues, but I still use Psyche when is appropriate. And so the way it works, like there are many, many layers to understanding how it works, but essentially there is the element of muscle testing there where this is where the body comes in because our muscles react within like split seconds. We don't actually have the time to overpower the musculature when we're muscle testing to change what we're focusing on for example a distressing event in the past it's going to mm-hmm. like your first of all again there's the electromagnetic communication which is 124 times faster than even a hormonal a hormonal is super fast it's like split seconds so your muscles will pick it up because it's soaking through your body it's moving through your system so the musculature will show the difference when you're testing and it's a physical test and uh, depending on what you're thinking perceiving or focusing on and then um through the muscle testing, we also always check, and I love and really respect Psyche for that. We check that it's okay to do this positive change for you in accordance with your everyday mind, in accordance with your subconscious, which is how you mostly, how we mostly operate as humans. Like a lot of the things we do subconsciously, like even moving this hand right now, I'm not thinking about how to move it, it's just happening. Mm-hmm. And then with your super conscious or your higher self, you like. And we make sure that mm-hmm. at these three levels, It's all okay. It's an optimum sort of alignment with who you are and where you're heading. And then we can create a change and it's a neurological change. It's an energy change. It's an emotional change. And then your thoughts change in accordance to how you feel really. Um, so, but you could say that we're changing the beliefs, the actual like thought forms as well, even though psychology Mm -hmm. research from the eighties onwards has been showing consistently that we actually mostly record within ourselves an emotional state and so you know if you're like uncomfortable around let's say tall thin people for whatever reason maybe somebody kindergarten teacher was you know very mm-hmm. scary to you at some point around that emotional state you haven't resolved you will have thoughts such as you know uh, tall people are always unpleasant or I'm short and I'm not empowered or I don't feel like an adult, you know, or something like our thoughts, basically up to two or three million thoughts can join one emotional state. So yep. we're changing those deeply seated in the subconscious beliefs and emotions. Through How psyche. are they being changed? So the actual process uses um brain coherence. So whenever you are believing or holding on to something that's not the ultimate reality, and the ultimate reality is that you are in harmony and all is well. So, if you believe, for mm-hmm. example, that you're unlovable, like say somebody believes that, obviously it's not true. I mean, of course, we can find somebody that would say, I don't like that person, but objectively yeah. and, you know, like overall, that's just not true as a statement. And so, there will be always an incoherence within this person's system because it knows that it's like this being is lovable, like no animal is questioning their lovability. It's like, I'm a bird, Mm -hmm. I'm a bird, you know, and it's okay. (laughs) So, whereas we go, oh, I'm a, you know, a woman, I'm a man, or I don't know what I am, or I have this hair or that hair, or I am whatever. So, you know, so the system knows it's BS basically. So a part of it will be not in congruence with you holding this belief. So your brain, even if we did scanning, um, like in Psyche, they did do research on brain scans before the balance, before the change from something limiting to something empowering, and after and the brain looks completely differently so you'd have this incoherence Mm. in different parts of your brain uh, which will affect your nervous system and of course your biology how you hold yourself what you do in life how you react to things and what actions you take how confident you feel etc and so um, through a series of techniques that are designed to bring coherence back in around that topic. So for example, I am lovable is what would be mm-hmm. the ideal belief. Um We change that and we do muscle tests to see what preference, what is the best way of bringing the coherence in is. And there are many different ways in it's, it's It's basically a bundle of techniques. And so some techniques mm-hmm. use Certain body movements that bring your brain to get your brain is forced to work together because you know you're you, we practically have two brains we have like two big hemispheres a tiny little bridge corpus callosum in the middle and this side this brain controls this side of the body and this one controls this one so actually yeah. we often can do individual things here and do something else here so this side might have more of an inclination for example towards I'm unlovable and this one doesn't so we bring them into full coherence um through certain maybe motions, through certain affirmations, through certain... There's always biology used with Psyche anyway. We're always using neurological kind of coherence. And the person goes through the process for two minutes, 10 minutes. Normally, it's no longer than that. And then we retest through muscle testing when they again say or think or focus on something that, for example, questions their lovability. And we get mm-hmm. a very different result. They feel different. They kind of feel a bit different sometimes, I don't know why, but their muscles show the truth. Um, they will show that, yeah, everything in the body is in congruence and coherence. There isn't this kind of like disruption going on across the system where one part says yes, the other one part says no. So, hopefully that, that makes sense. sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. It. Connects essentially your mind, which is holding on to an helpful belief yeah. and then your body that is responding on basically what's happening inside you, um, as a, as a, as a, as an ecosystem in a way. And it's also spirit in the sense that there is energy that is directing your body movement or life in the broader sense, right? Or like information that is coming out there that, you know, we, are supposed to just tune in and listen. And I think you are one of the people who have a very developed intuition so that for you it's easier to tune in into these information channels and supposedly take this information out there so that to use within this work.
1: Yeah. Does it summarize it?
0: Well, or oh not? Really.
1: Yeah, it does. Well, I mean, the <laughs> psyche facilitator. If I put on that hat as a psyche facilitator, mm-hmm. I don't have to be particularly intuitive because muscle mm-hmm. testing. Yes, if we look at uh, certain research, um, which I would really encourage if you want to if anybody wants to understand muscle testing better. Power Versus Force book is amazing by Dr. David Hawkins, and he really researched mm-hmm. it from a spiritual and psychological perspective. So we had a whole yeah, institution, in yeah, institution dedicated to that. And um, so we do have to be at a certain consciousness level to ensure that the muscle testing is accurate. But around muscle testing per se, there has been a lot of research done outside of that where you know it should work if nobody is really particularly interested in what this person believes in if I'm testing a client, I don't really you know I don't hold this ache that they are believing something about their themselves or not what they do so when I'm testing them, I'm in a neutral space, so and their mm. body their muscles muscles are showing immediately if it's congruent and life affirmative or if it's tearing them down effectively. So, we mm-hmm. reconfigure it um, through biology, through um, their intention and through their um, focus and through particular technique that binds it together and leads it in the right direction, again, through physiology and energy that's already operating um through the body mm-hmm. and then it creates that change. And we can test it physically. So it's a yeah. and we can test it even like again, there is research and um I could locate it if it's needed for this podcast. But there is research in psyche that shows like clearly disturbed patterns within the brain when it focuses on a particular phobia. Ten minutes later after, you know, a, a rebalancing session, um, they focus on the same stimulus. Their brain is not reacting in the same way. Mm, so it's, yeah. So there's an actual, like, scientific, if you will, proof to it. But I, I've worked with so many clients um, at this point. Yeah. I, I know there is. They can't board a plane than they do. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah. 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 Let's talk about the spirit part of the work, which, as you say,
0: is not that much present in psyche, but present in other modalities, right? You, ca- you call yourself multidimensional channel healer. So I'm curious to understand what those channels are about and how do you use this spiritual dimension in your work?
1: Yeah, and just before we move on, I do want to say that spirituality is a part of Psyche because it's very much about Mm. uh, reconnecting our everyday mind with our divinity. Or higher self. So Rob Williams mm-hmm. is quite insistent on it, but it has a big scientific component to it for sure. Yeah. So outside of that, so if I were to attempt to explain channeling, I would have to say that everybody channels, you know, like a channel is a unique, uh, unique conduit and we're all unique conduits. So for example, when you can't solve something and you know, you've never come across the solution in your life before. And logically, you're not logicing it out. You're just asking, how is this going to work? How is it going to work? And suddenly when you're like, I don't know, drifting to sleep or you're meditating or you're relaxing, this kind of like eure- eureka moment happens. Like where it's coming from and all great scientists that have ever made inventions or create inventions, they say, I didn't create it. I relaxed and was downloaded into me. Like Einstein is an amazing example of bringing spirit Reality and science together. Like he was an incredibly esoteric, um, person and human being and spirit. So, uh, we all channel, we all have a channel, a connection to the greater beyond that, you know, makes your skin cells grow and change and leaves appear and fall off and sun come, you know, the whole creation of the universe we're not running this and we know that Mm -hmm. we're not even beating our own hearts you know so what is doing this and it's clearly a very harmonious highly organized and benevolent system and so you could call that spirit or god or higher consciousness life force life force but it's self-organizing and it's highly intelligent and it's beyond what we can comprehend and as we're part of it of course we're connected with it and we're actually it so that connection. Peace is a channel, so to speak, and it is an informational channel because you receive information all the time. So, um, so when people say, like, oh, I channel, what they often refer to is. Either channeling directly, like from source, they would say from the highest point of consciousness in the universe. And because we're so three-dimensional, we kind of go, it's up there and I'm here. But really, you know, like time and space are actually binge in the quantum. So everything is happening at once. But yes, we'll say it's the, the most purest harmony you can get information from, the most truth, basically. And then the way I visualize it in the three-dimensional model is that. If we imagine there's the center or the source, and from that source, like a big bang happened, there's this multi-dimensional creation. So at the dimension of um, physical reality, at the dimension of consciousness, even if you think of the organization on this planet alone, you've got the consciousness of plants that we're only starting to understand that they're all interconnected. We yeah. have social consciousness of different animal groups, like if a certain percentage of the same species learn something. On a different island, a continent, the same species starts to do it. Like they don't talk to each other physically. So there must be a network, a channel for that particular species. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have the human um, uh, collective consciousness as well. So that's a channel you could be channeling from. You could be channeling from um, basically... the the spiritual realm where what we might call our higher selves are hanging out and they haven't incarnated or incarnated and they've gone off and, you know, they might incarnate again. So, some people do that kind of work. They talk to ancestors or people we knew, but now they're not here. And you can channel tools with also, you could divide that central source into different rays of light with um, ascended masters, for example, like Jesus or uh, different types of Buddhas that existed on this planet and other ascended masteries that are not mm-hmm. incarnate anymore. And again, there's no time and space that can appear simultaneously, as we know from quantum physics, and talk to several people. So it's like, what are you using this channel for? And so what personally I'm really interested in is just the highest truth and then embodying, which means I'm hearing and feeling it and so I can check it in reality, uh, my own Connection point, which is like the spirit that I am, into the source because it's always shining from the source. So, are we stopping at Mm -hmm. the soul level, at the highest level, or are we going even higher? And so, when I'm getting this type of information, sometimes I can feel that it's like a neighbor, high frequency consciousness that is Mm. telling me something, right? So, there's this healer consciousness that I I've been working with unconsciously for a long time. And I'd say like I started to kind of understand it from my mid-20s because I would just get information, for example, about my mum, She would be dealing with some emotional issues, but um, at first I could mostly focus on it if I focused on a page and I was like, how would I write what she needs? And I would get information, then I would write it down. Then I realized I don't have to focus on a page and write it down. I can just close my eyes. And I got these chunks mm. of information for this person. It's like, this is what's happening. This is what's going to help you. Clearly, I'm using a channel and it's coming from somewhere else through my channel. I'm not using the everyday Camilla consciousness because she doesn't have a clue at 23 what my mom <laughs> needs. You know, And that mm-hmm. happened to me when I was 12. This is how it kind of like, when I traced it back, I remembered that, I knew stuff like this, we call intuition, you know, I knew stuff and I didn't learn it as knowledge. I just received information. And so So
0: is it, is it like intuition when we suddenly know something, but in your case, you suddenly know a lot of information that you intended to get. So once you focus, you just intuitively know. Or do you hear voices or do you see visions? Like, how does it work?
1: Yeah, I don't hear voices. Some people are clear, um, audience. It's actually quite a rare gift. Um, and I didn't have the visual component for a very long time. It actually used to upset me. Like when I was, I got interested in spirituality in maybe like. I think at 23 or 22. So by 25, I was like, why are people talking about seeing lights and angels and colors? And I don't. And then thankfully, Mm. I got information from like people who've been doing it for a while. That's like some people just, we use different senses more. Like I have an incredibly strong sense of smell, like physically I do. And I can smell spiritual things and I can smell physical things. Like I can smell if somebody has an infection in their lungs or in their stomach or because I can smell it off their mm. skin and breath. So I'm almost like a wow. medical smell intuitive. So I have this Claire nose thing. I, I forgot the name, of that. you know, <laughs> some people have Claire Augustine's. They can like clairvoyantly taste things. And sometimes I do get flavors, you know. Um mm-hmm. So we have all these different things. So the visual component came later, but it comes in not quite like the way you would see things in, Reality, so to speak, they come in, um, as per what I need to kind of perceive. And it's like a little image floating in and I see what like, com- it's almost like in a dream where you see certain things, but not like really crystal clear picture. And that's enough for me because, um, you know, using these. If you will, mediumship or psychic, like we can put all these labels on them, but ultimately I believe, and I know we all have these abilities. It's just we don't focus on them enough. and not everybody needs them in this lifetime or at this moment in their life as well. So for my work, it's very useful. so I don't do what I would call spiritual tourism. you know, I don't go like, what happened there and what happened there? I don't really care. Mm. So I'm like, show me or give me information that I need to know to help this person right now. So they embody their reasoning for coming here and they know as much as they need to know to really be most optimally potent in this life, to really get what they need to be getting and be aware of what they need to be aware of and feel what they need to feel and embody it and then bring this consciousness that is at a higher harmony level. So the, the very, very interesting thing I love doing and why I use this skill ultimately is to Reharmonize people I work with and myself, of course, um, to a higher and higher level of harmony. Because, of course, the highest harmony—if you go into nature, nobody disturbed it—how harmonious is it? It's not that everything yeah. is in squares and organized, but the flow and the overall harmony we perceive it as beauty. And beauty is God, as far as I'm concerned. Beauty is the highest divinity in form. And so if we perceive this beauty energetically or emotionally from somebody, we just feel comfortable. We love being in their energy. We love being in their emotions. And if we perceive beauty and harmony in somebody's mind that operates at all these levels, we just feel clarity and we know like we're, we're starting now in science to totally measure the electromagnetic and other waves from the brain. And we can see sometimes they're coherent as in they create harmony as in they're beautiful and we can sense it and sometimes mm-hmm. they're all over the place. So yeah. my job is to bring from a spirit perspective, like I know what my soul came here to do. Thankfully, you know, mm-hmm. it's about bringing higher and higher alignment at all these levels for myself because I need to take responsibility for for my journey as well. And from there, I can bring others in their individual pathway to the next level of harmony and awareness. And then the next way, that's why sometimes like our life flows and then suddenly it's like, well, stuff is not working now. Oh my God, stuff that used to work is really not working. Oh my God, what am I supposed to do? And it's like the old stuff has to break down a bit you know, because just not serving us, but we get terrified of frozen and all these childhood things come in Mm -hmm. and social things come in. It was like, I don't know how to do this, but I'm not trusting to discover what's there. I don't like the unknown. I want to know. And it's like, you can't know yet. So I kind of come in and if you will channel the little bits they need to know or the little bits they need to embody, to not be so afraid of the unknown and to trust more, to trust themselves, to embody their own awareness of, their own channel of information because it's as precious, as unique, as wonderful, as needed here as anybody else's. So, if they have a belief that like I'm unworthy, I'm not good enough, definitely we're going to change that because that's not harmonious as well. Mm-hmm. So, that's what I would use channeling for. And then just to add on because we have so many channelers coming into the world more and more and more people are realizing this, you can channel specific um light group consciousnesses which happens with me as well. So it's like, I call them the light guidance. But if I tune into what they are, it's they're definitely not incarnated right now. And uh, it's it's like, it's so close to the source or to God, if you like, It's it, it is God as well, but it's like, it's not directly from the source because it's just, it's nameless, it's shapeless. It's just consciousness mm-hmm. and harmony. So it has to be represented for my human mind as something a bit more, human related. Oh so, yeah. So, I don't see shapes. I don't see forms. I'm not very big into like, this guy looks like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a kind of a beautiful blue person or something. I, I I don't do that. But for my clients, what I find very interesting is that, and I've noticed this from my late 20s when I started to work, first I worked as a kinesiologist, actually, Um, that it would come in suddenly for some clients. I didn't work with angels, but it'd be like, oh, and by the way, you know, now imagine that the angels are doing this, this, this. I'm like, why am I saying this? And she's like, Oh yeah, I work with angels all the time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would be like suddenly out of the blue. I'd be like, I'm perceiving that your dad did X, Y, Z and he's no longer alive. Is that right? And they'll be like, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm perceiving if your father were alive or his consciousness is saying to you, forgive yourself for X, Y, Z. And they'll be like, whoa. <laughs> so. Wow, You know, so I wouldn't be necessarily looking for it, but all these layers of consciousness, they're available. And as long as we don't get like limited by them and saying like, oh, that's all it is, like the afterlife is just that, or the ascended masters are the only thing, or the intergalactic intelligence, because there are a lot of people that channel, you know, Arcturians and Pleiadians and um basically beings on planetary systems that have gone through similar ev- evolutionary uh Really? That the Earth has gone through. No way. Well, why not? It's an endless universe. Do you really think we're the only ones? That'll be quite ignorant of us to think. So, and they are pretty much discarnate at this point. But because they've gone through a very similar evolution than we have, they already walked the path. Now I don't have to know where they incarnated and what they did. But again, for my clients, sometimes I would say, now they're Arcturian element of the intergalactic council is speaking. And they'll love it because they work with that. They work with those particular elements. And these people uh, often, and I could say I'm one of them as well, I just kind of don't like to label myself, you know, they call themselves star seeds. So, it's like I've incarnated many, many times on such and such star system and now came and incarnated here to help the earth at this critical time. So, then they're very much like attuned to what's still going on in that part of the galaxy or even Mm. a different galaxy. And some of it is very useful. But what I love to do is to bring people into here and now. Right now, you're an earthling as well. And whatever we believe about how the earth got created and what kind of DNA came here, Ultimately, even if some of it was mixed intergalactically to create a human species with the monkeys that were here or whatever else that happened, I don't even ask those questions really because I don't need to at this point of my journey here. Um, ultimately, yes, let's embrace the gifts that wherever they're coming from is beautiful, but also we're earthlings. There's plenty here and we have a lot of potential that is untapped. And if we get very present with what we are right now, we will open up these gifts and start to bring them into reality. And we don't have to give them so many labels because we just like definitions and labels as humans. We really like this to like,
0: so interesting. understand. Yes. <laughs> I have so many questions where we don't have much time. But um just out of curiosity, you mentioned that, you know, monkeys was the stage of evolutionary development, but you have your own answers right now. So does it mean that you Uh, have a different theory of of how people evolved or or not
1: um if i were to ask through the channel i would probably get quite precise channeling information i would aim really high to get the highest truth possible my feeling my intuitive feeling that's immediate is like that you know we kind of because we divided spirit from matter we look at like this is what happened but the thing is It's happening as a result of the energy shifts. So, what's happening at the energy level? We'd have to look at that. We'd have to look at the grand design that is occurring behind all of that and the steps it's requiring for those evolutionary jumps and shifts and changes. And there are Mm. a lot of mysteries. I don't like in my teenage years, I was really very much into it. But if you look at like secret archaeology and things like that, if you look at certain um, depictions of pharaohs in, in Egypt, you will see like their, their, their skull, for example, looks very, very different. And they found these very long skulls. So yeah. genetically, where is it coming from? You know, there's lots. Because they were putting this stuff on the skull specifically for it to long, to grow long. Um, I think. well, it's quite long. I don't know if you can force a child's like skull mm. to do that. Um, so that's one of the theories, but also like the Sphinx is definitely like, at least 15,000 years old, but actually, is all, no, it's over 20. They're kind of saying it's over 35. So it's not 5,000 years old, you know, it's a lot older. So mm-hmm. what was going on then? You know, so there's a lot more to this from like a physical reality we could research, but anytime it doesn't suit kind of convention it rattles a lot of people who have made their dissertations based on that in science. And I think like, it's yeah. okay to talk about that because, you know, once you have pride, pride interferes in these things, it doesn't let people discover new things. They're like, no, I know. I actually am a professor of this. So I know it's like, well, you know, a new data came along, but they can bury it. For example, it's been happening through the 20th century anyway. And I, I know mm-hmm. people who actually have done it like back in, for example, you know, in Russia and in other countries, they've done it. So uh, I knew scientists, from I know scientists from Europe, you know, like from Western Europe who have buried some research because it didn't Didn't suit whatever is conventionally acceptable. So that's, that's a different topic altogether. I don't work with that specifically, but of course, if somebody's curious to come to me for, you know, inner growth and they want to know it, I might channel it for them, you know, or for their soul specifically for their human incarnation for this chunk of time. But I'm, I consider myself very open-minded and if I'm perceiving it, I'm perceiving it until I'm proven wrong, basically. I don't want to be proud and stuck um, in what I'm perceiving. But at this moment, I feel that it's a more complicated story than either Darwinism or just world created in seven days. (laughs) You know, it's a lot more complicated than that. And it's multidimensional. There's like, there's so much more to consider. It's like, again, if you can tell me what's beating our heart, then we can move on from there. But most people, like we, we don't know scientifically actually, because it's not the energy that we eat through food. Like digesting food takes more energy than the actual energy it brings. So we get energy elsewhere. Definitely. So, um, yeah. And I've heard lastly that you
0: are embarking on a journey of teaching people on how to get this alignment, right? Could you tell us more about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, so I've been teaching for a long time, but I took maybe a year off from working with groups because Mm. I could feel there were so many of my own changes and shifts happening. I was going to like to a different harmony level all the time. Mm. And then the last two months, finally, everything's like layered in a very clear or a lot clearer shape and form where I've received what it I'm actually doing, which is optimum divine alignment. So by divine, it's aligned with the highest harmony or with God or with source or with great spirit or quantum field that's of the Mm -hmm. highest harmony. And it's alignment that's happening for your mind and consciousness and emotions and with your soul. And at the body level and with the earth. So I work at all these multi, like it's, it's multi dimensional alignment. And whether people come to me with wanting to like correct their financial situation or their relationships or their body health or whatever it is, whichever area you work on, they're all interconnected anyway. So when you reach a new alignment that's optimal there, it's going to affect everything else because it is your relationship with yourself and with your own spirit or with overall spirit with your body and with the earth and the earth piece has come in really powerfully in the last two months only because I started doing earth optimal divine alignment so it would be it just happened spontaneously I'd go to like a piece of land my friends bought and suddenly I feel there's this darkness in one point and it has no harmony and I'd have to like channel what needs to happen there and then it would all like shift and move and the earth is like thank you. (laughs) So, yeah. <laughs> um, so that earth alignment is happening through me and other people where we're, we're kind of healing or upgrading pieces of land from which then the earth's highest frequency can come up. So people interacting with it, their level of consciousness goes up. So, and then they're less inclined, I don't know, to pollute or to be angry or to do other things. So it's like, you know, our body is the earth, essentially, you know, if you think about it, your mom, dad, they ate the earth and then made your cells and you continue eating it. So um, aligning at that level makes you a lot more potent here. You're not floating Mm above your head and you're connecting horizontally with society, with people, with the planet in a more conscious way, and you get more potent in what you do because the earth through intuition, if you will, through your gut is telling you who's the right person, the right places and where to go and what to do. So you need to be aligned at that level as well to be more potent. And again, there are many, many levels of that alignment. And it's always precisely to a person, even though I work with groups when you sit in a group, it's still done for you individually. And so, yes, Mm -hmm. I'm launching my first program. It's really affordable because it's a new uh, modality and because I'd love as many people as possible to experience it. It's online. It's also a small group in person simultaneously happening in Dublin, in Ireland, if you're in Ireland. And it will be done over four weeks. So by the new year, you will be different. And we're working through the four stages and four main elements of the earth in your body as well. So the first one is water. So, um, you know, as spirit, you come into these watery cells, you live in a, like 80%, 70% of this is, is water. Yeah. It's a water planet. Everything is water. You're inhaling water. Water is everywhere. Mm. So, and it's a highly structurable, highly energy holding uh mechanism. So it has to do with abundance, with your blood, with your genetics, with any kind of limitations, because it's again, liquid with grief and letting go, letting your old life go, you know, tears are water as well it has to do you know the level of conception the following week is uh, birth so it's first breath of air did you have an umbilical cord how is your breathing Were you held so and that has a lot to do with like starting and beginning new projects ending relationships mm-hmm. and so there's multi-dimensional levels to all of this and there's fire then there's earth and earth is very much about being an adult and embodying and coming out of you you know your little nappy and yeah. <laughs> Feeling like an adult. Yes. So we'll be doing it over four weeks starting next Tuesday, the 28th of November. So yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so
0: much, Camilla for this insightful and wise conversation. And also for all your work that you do, I will put the information about your course into the show notes and best of luck in, in everything that you do in your, you know, earthly purpose, as you say it yourself.
1: Um, thank you so much. Thank you. And I wish you the best of luck in your beautiful coaching, which you also do. I don't know if your listeners know that you're not just a podcaster, you're a talented coach. Thank you for doing this beautiful podcasting work you do as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Camila.